Here we go. We're up to the second line. We're finishing up this sugya about these different types of coverings, different types of of sheets where you spread them out. So if there's no roof on top of it, meaning it is not one flat tefach, then you won't have a problem. It's still considered like you're in your sukkah. However, if you do have a tefach of flat area, then um, it would be considered an oil under an oil, and now you're underneath the sheet, you're not underneath the sukkah, and you're going to have a problem. We ended off uh, last time we learned, two days ago, on Erev Shabbos, um, so on Friday, so we ended off discussing this whole idea where the Hilchas sukkah also transfers into Hilchas Kriyashma. If a person is not wearing clothes and want to recite Kriyashma, how to create a separation between one's body and one's head in order to make it permitted. Here we go. Lishtachrina Omar La. Here we go. Amri La. Second line on Yud Aleph Omar Aleph. Another way to explain this conversation. Amr of Yud Aleph Shmuel says, Name of Shmuel, Mutalisha Mikilachanam, Besuklafisha in Lagat. You're allowed to sleep on the Kilachanam in the Sukkah because there's no flat tefach. It just comes straight up on a slant. Boom. No problem sleeping underneath. Afal Pishak Vayasara, even if it's 10, Tvachim tall. Okay, so far so good. Says Gemara, no, 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 no. Not so cool because Mesvei, they asked a challenging question. If sleeps in the you did not fulfill your chiyah. So Rebuta says the name of Shmuel Mutter Lisha Mekilas Chasana. Says another Brisa, if you do that, you haven't fulfilled your obligation. Which one is it? Says the Gemara. I'll tell you the difference. Sometimes it comes up on a slant, but you still have a tefach wide gag. Then you're going to be on, and now you, then you're going to have issues because now you're underneath a roof, not and you can't claim you're still underneath your sukkah. You're underneath a roof that's in the sukkah, and when there's no when there's no gag, when there's no flat area, then taka. That's the price that says it would be allowed. Okay, says the Gemara, Toshma, come and listen to the following price. Nakliten shnayim. What's a nakliten bed? A nakliten bed, as we explained previously is when instead of having four posts, one on each corner, you have two posts, one on each end, one by the head, one by the foot. The kinaifis, a kinaifis bed, has arba, has four posts. Now, once you're going to four, you're now dealing with potential agag. I wouldn't even call it potential. I would say assumed, right? We're going to assume when the sheet is spread out across four posts, you got a roof. Pierce agabe kinaifis psula. So now, since there's four posts, you could assume it's flat. And if you spread a sheet across inside your sukkah, so now it's a problem. It's possible. Agabi nakliting shera. You spread a sheet on top of a two-post, one at the head, one at the foot bed. That's okay, because you don't have a roof on top of you. You're now still underneath your kosher schach. Ubovad, it's only kosher as long as as long as it doesn't come ten tefachim above the bed. Now, right, right away, we should remember, how did we start the Lishnachrina? We said, Afal We said it's allowed even if it's ten tefachim tall. Says this b'risa, we're going to agree that an akhlitim bed is okay, but it can't be ten tefachim tall. If it comes ten tefachim above, it's possible, even though it doesn't have a roof. So the Gemara's question is like this. Previously, we said, Shmuel's opinion, Naklitin is allowed. And the um, kinoifis is not allowed. First, we try challenging from the from the 
covering itself from the roof itself, and we wiggled out. We said, oh, it depends. If there's a gag, then, then you have a problem. If there's no gag, no problem. And now we're picking on the other part of Amrav Yudah Marshmul. I'm sorry, Amrav, yeah, Rav Yudah quoting Shmuel, which was that it's allowed even if it's ten fachim. In this b'risa, you see that it's allowed, but not if it's ten fachim. Question on Shmuel, says the Gemara, shiny naklitin de kavi. Okay? Naklitin are different because they are kavi. All right, now, what does this mean? What this means is like this. <clears throat> when you have naklitin at the end of each bed, and they're there permanently, the Gemara in this answer wants to assume the following. What makes a gag a gag? What makes a roof a roof? Until now we were saying a flat tapach. You have a flat tapach, that's a gag. Says the Gemara, I'll tell you something else that can make a gag. What, you know what else? Even if you don't have a tapach. But if it's anchored into the bed, it's kaveya there, then if it's such set part of the bed, even if you don't have a tapach, it's still going to be a problem. Okay? Now, how are we wiggling out? Because we're saying like this. Our question on Shmuel was, you see, it can't be ten vachim. If it is ten vachim, then it's, then it's a, a problem. Good Shmuel, no problem. Shmuel's wiggling out and going to say, it depends what type of posts are at the foot and at the head. If they're established posts, that's when we say that it's going to be puzzle if it's ten vachim. And if it's not established posts, that's what I meant, says Shmuel. Even if it's ten tzvachim high, it's kosher. Okay. But keep in mind, we're now breaking up into three, we'll call it departments. Department number one is where you have the naklitin bed, one at the head, one at the foot. It's not kaveya. Let's say the posts are not kaveya and it's less than ten tzvachim. Totally kosher. No problem. When you, the posts are not kaveya, are not kavua, then even if it's ten tzvachim, it's okay. When the posts are kavua, once you hit ten tzvachim, it's not okay. Says Gemara, e kavi kinaifis. If it's kaveya, let it be like kinaifis. And even if it's less than ten tzvachim, you should have a problem. Why only once it's ten tzvachim? You're saying you don't need a you don't need a tefach to be a gag because it's kavua. Says the Gemara, but it's Kavua, why do you need Ten Tzvachim also? So the Gemara says, ah, it's like this middle ground. And that's how we're going to wiggle in over here. Like Kavi, listen, it's not four posts, it's two. So it's not really as established as a four post bed. So it's kind of like, it's not a four post bed, but you can't view it like a standard two post bed because Mamish Therefore, we say, once you hit the height of Ten Tzvachim, that's when, that's when the Tsaris are going to start and that's when it's going to pass a law. Our sukkah. So it's kind of like this combination the Gemara is walking away from this conversation with. It's the combination of Kavua and Ten Tzvachim. That's what makes it like a Kinaifis and is going to uh, and is going to passel up somebody who's sleeping underneath this uh, in his sukkah. Okay. Period. End of that uh, discussion. Alright. Another halacha. Dorash make it made a drosha. You're allowed to sleep in a kila even if it has a gag. It is. Even if it has a tefach, apalpisha gvayasar. If you have a kila, two posts. Tefach and ten tvachim. 
Still mutter. Kemai. Whose opinion is this? Kerev Yehuda. Who says that Ayalarai cannot get in the way of an Ayal Kedah. Think about it. You have a kosher sukkah. Measurement, schach, beauty. Guy brings in his two post bed. At the end of each post is a tefach. And it's ten tefachim tall. Is this an established oil or is it a temporary? It's temporary. Temporary oil. This bed. Okay? Says Rabbi Yehuda in opinion, even if you're going to say that the two post bed is an ohel, because you have a tefach, I'm agreeing it's an ohel. We're even going to say it's an oil. Legabe the oil keva that's on top of it, this is garnished. This is nothing. And therefore, it's not going to get in our way. Where do you see this opinion? The Tanam, we learned in the mission. I'm Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yehuda says, We would sleep underneath beds in front of the Zikanim. And as we say, Yeah? Now, when you live around somebody and you act around them, you learn the most from them, they learn the most from you. And he says, this is what we did in yeshiva. They let us do this. That's how I know it's okay. I can't prove it other than just letting you know the way it was. Says the Gemara of Alema Halacha Kareb Yehuda. If, if uh, this, uh, this Halacha of Darash Rabba Bar this whole drush, he says, uh, It seems like he's coming off the whole new Kiddush. Why doesn't he just say, I paskin like Rabbi Yehuda? He's not breaking any new ground over here. There's no new ground broken. We just found that we just showed an explicit Mishnah that this is allowed. The Gemara says, I'll tell you why he didn't say that so clear, so so straight. Because Yomar Lach, Rabbi Yehuda, if Rabbi Barabuna would have just said, Halacha is like Rabbi Yehuda, Asuya. I would have only said that this is true when you have a bed, okay? What does it mean for a bed? When you have a bed that's flat and you have space underneath and space on top, what's the bed meant for? The space underneath to store your shoes? No. The bed is meant for the space on top. So I would have said specifically over there, anything on top of it doesn't, the, the bed itself is not going to take on the shame oil, the name of a tent. And Mamela, if you sleep under a bed, the bed's not going to get in the way. Because, again, the bed is not meant for the guy underneath it. It's not a bunk bed. It's a single bed. So if you're laying underneath a flat bed, that's where Rabbi Yehuda says, You're allowed to sleep under a bed, Dr. Rabbi Yehuda. I, why? Because I would have thought, uh, so I would have thought like this, that the reason why the bed is not considered an oil is because you're sleeping under a bed. That's not the purpose of the bed to protect you. The purpose of the bed is to hold you. You should be on top, not on bottom. What are you doing down there? But the canopy on top of the bed, which is meant for what? Under, on top, underneath? No, it's meant for me to be laying on top of my bed, underneath the canopy. I would say that Rabbi Yehuda holds, it would get in my way because Lamaisa. I'm using this canopy for its purpose. Kamash Malan, therefore comes along Rabbi Barabuna. Time of the Rabbi Yehuda. The time of the Rabbi Yehuda. oil around about the oil. Keva leishna mita leishna kila. That no matter what, no matter what, if I have a temporary oil, whether the oil is meant for what's underneath it, 
where that oil is meant for what's on top of it. Temporary oil is not going to get in the way of a permanent oil. And hakol b'seif. Period. End of that Gemara. Okay. Period. We now move on to the next Mishnah. Beautiful, fascinating Mishnah, which is going to get us started on Hilchus Schach. Okay? The Halachas of Schach. What is considered kosher Schach? When does the Schach need to be placed? How does it need to be placed? And we're going to introduce it with some, we'll call it not standard cases that ultimately are going to bring us around to these to uh, the halachas of proper schach. Okay, zot the mission about halfway down in Yud Aleph Amud Aleph. Hidvalos agafen. A guy takes a grapevine and hangs it like a you know, old old school schlocks. Yeah, you have a schlock. Yeah, you have the tarp uh, there, the gansazach that that uh, we had when we were kids. Yeah, and then it would sink in the middle, and uh, well, okay, right? You had to throw it over and pull it on the other side. Right? So, guy takes a good time. Guy takes uh, a grapevine, a long grapevine, and chucks it over his sukkah. Yeah, let, lets it hang all the way across. Now it seems still one end of it is still connected to the ground. Takes the grapevine, chucks it over his sukkah. Besadlas, or melons. Besakisos, or uh, kisos is uh, various uh, plants and vegetation. Besichich agaba. And then on top of that, you put kosher schach. These things are not kosher schach. On top of this, you put kosher schach. Pesula. It's not going to be a kosher sukkah. Why? We don't know yet, but what you see is, or what we do know is, that obviously the grapevine and the greenery and the melons, that again, we're assuming right now they're attached to the ground, they're mechober lekarka, that is all considered posel schach. If you lay kosher schach on top of posel schach, your sukkah is posel. However, the Mishnah qualifies this statement and says, Let's say your kosher schach is more than your posel schach. So the posel schach now is going to be batal Okay, Or you cut it. You now detach the grapevine and the melons and the greenery. Kishera, the sukkah is now kosher. Okay? Sukkah is now kosher. Now, for many of us who are familiar with Hilchas Chach, we should be very bothered. Right? Because what are we going to be bothered by? Tasev Leminosu. Right? This is the sugi here. That you have, well, at the time you put it down, it needs to be Kosher Chach. Just because you snip it from the ground now, the Maisa, when I laid it over my sukkah, it was Pasel Chach. So this is the, uh, the, the sugi we're going to get into. All right. Zeakla. Here's the rule for what's considered Kosher Chach. Koshu Mekabotuma. Anything that is capable of becoming tummy, i.e. a vessel, a wooden cane, or does not grow from the ground, you cannot use it as chach. What may we use as chach? Interesting, the Mishnah gives us the flip side, okay? 
But ultimately, what does the Mishnah end off with in the Seifa? What is considered Valitzchach? Something that is not capable of a Gamay Dameh? And it's Gedulim in Aretz. Such a thing is Kosher Schach. All right. Let's focus on the ratio for a moment. Absolutely right. Well, you're pointing out is that you, <clears throat> what about something that's Gedulim in Aretz? It's not Makabotoma and it's attached to the ground. According to the Zeha cloud, that should also be okay. Right? No. No, 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 valid. The Gemara is going to have to come out with a Xeris HaKosov to exclude attached things. Okay, very good. Okay. Here we go, Vaid. Yosef, was sitting in front of Rav of Yosef Gomar, and he was sitting and saying, It says in the Mishnah, if you cut it off, it's kosher. Oh. You have a problem of that it can't be put on when it's puzzled. So the only time when you cut it off the ground after you threw out the grapevine like a schlock, the only time it's okay is if you now shake it around from up there because now it's like you put it down fresh. Amalei Ravun, Ravuna says, Hashmul Amara, but Shmuel said that Ajin Rav Yosef La'apeh Amalei Rav Yosef turned away and he said to him, Did I say Shmuel didn't say that? Well, what are you telling me? Oh, but Shmuel said that. I, I didn't say, he never said that. Omar Rav, Vamara Shmuel. Rav said, and Shmuel said, everybody's in agreement. Why, you, why do you got to start uh, picking on me? Yeah, what are you getting all, uh, oh, Shmuel said that. Mishkaich, fine. Rav said, and Shmuel said, what's the problem? Omar Le Ravun, Ravun says, this is what I mean to tell you. What I mean to mean is that you're wrong for quoting Rav, because Rav, um, Rav Yosef was sitting. What did he say in the beginning of the Gemara? He says, Rav He says, I want to tell you that's not true. It's Shmuel's opinion. It's not Rav's opinion. How do I know that? Rav holds that as soon as you cut the grapevine or you cut the melon or you cut whatever you laid on top of your sukkah, it's already okay. Why? How do I know that's the opinion of Rav that you don't need to be Nanea? They don't need to shake it up. He put tzitzis. Fascinating, fascinating uh, story. He put tzitzis on his wife's jacket. Okay? Now, what happened over here? So, Tala'an v'lay posak He hung the tzitzis. Now, relax about the wife part. Okay, relax on, on, on that for a little bit. There's a, a little bit of a, a, a conversation over here about whether women at that time were, were doing their best in the kind of mitzvahs and therefore it wasn't considered begadish or whatever to besit on. Okay, fine. But let, let's just keep in mind that he was trying to make kosher tzitzis. And what did he do? Tala'an... He hung the strings. He didn't, he didn't cut the end. All right? So it's not kosher yet because he didn't have eight valid strings. All you got to do is cut the strings, and that makes it kosher, even though right now they're already knotted and hung on there and whatever, and all you got to do is give a little snip. Rav will say that as soon as you cut them, you're now gonna, you're now gonna, it's now going to be considered like it's... Uh, the strings have multiplied. You're now going to have the eight valid strings instead of four, and you're okay. So, what do you see? Alma, 
you see from here, cutting something is considered shaking them. That the maisa that's needed is not tzarech lenaneya. You don't have to go around lifting it up and putting it down. But even just cutting it itself removes the tas of loyman oswe. It's not considered oswe. It's not considered ready-made anymore because I just did a maisa to it. I gave it a cut. And that's why says, um, and that's why I'm quoting Shmuel to be of the opinion that you need tzarech lenaneya. And you... Um, and you, uh, who was it, Ravuna was quoting Rav, Rav, Rav Yosef was sitting in front of Ravuna. You, Rav Yosef, who are sitting in front of Ravuna and quoting Rav to be the one who says, it's not true, because Rav really holds, all you got to do is give it a sniff. Okay. Says the Gemara, the Savar Shmuel, the Shmuel argue with this, assuming Rav, Taka holds, that cutting it is the Misa and suffices. Maybe Shmuel agrees with that. Because listen to this. Shmuel said the name of Rechia. If a person puts his tzitzis on two kronis, let's say you put all the strings, but instead of putting strings on each corner, you take two corners, connect them, and tie all your strings around those two corners. And then once you have that, and you have some sort of cheshben of how many strings you needed, and boom, boom, and now you're going to just give it a snip, and it's all going to separate, and Sholem al Yisrael, Shmuel says, you could do that. Isn't this a case where everything was tied in the proper way and all you needed to do was cut the end and Shmuel says it's Beseder. So you see Shmuel's of the opinion as well, seemingly like Rav, that one snip of detaching and separating something removes the Tasev Leiman Oswe problem and it should be valid. So, so what's the question? Rabbi Yosef was sitting in front of Ravuna, and he says, according to Rav Tzonach right? That was his statement. According to Rav Tzonach comes along um, uh, Rav, uh, Rav um, I'm sorry, Rabbi Yosef was in front of Ravuna, and he, yeah, Rabbi Yosef was quoting Rav. And then Ravuna said, no, it was Shmuel. Now we have a question even on Ravuna for saying that Shmuel's the one who says because even according to Shmuel, you do not need to shake it up. All you would need to do as well is simply snip it. So Gemara says, no, I'll tell you why. I'll tell you what happened. In the case of Shmuel, they took the two corners, it was all together, you snipped it. Shmuel says kosher. You know why? Because you didn't have your knots yet. So what he meant kosher was, after you snip, it's not kosher immediately, you snipped it, and then you tied the knots. So you had a lot more than just the snipping. You snipped it to separate the strings, and then you knotted the whole thing up. Of course, then it's okay. All right. Says the Gemara, but then what's the Chiddush? The Chiddush is, oh, you could take two corners together, then snip it, and then do all the knots. Of course you could do that. Says Gemara. What are you talking about? Why would you give me such a case like that? A big deal. Of course that's okay. What's the Shiloh over here? The Gemara says, I would have thought to say we now turn to Yudalif Hamad Beis. Be'inon kanaf b'shas silver leko. You got to work on one corner at a time. You can't start on two corners, and over here you're starting on uh, on two corners. Kamash Malon. Therefore, Shmuel lets us know that it's okay. You could start with your strings, two corners combined, separate them, and then tie them, and there's no issue of of uh, of doing one knaf at a time. Now, why would I say? Now, let, let's just speak this out. 
Rashi points it out. Let's speak this out. Why would I think that you can't? That was the Gemara's question. Oh, what do you mean? You cut it and then you tie the knots? Of course that's okay. No, because if you look at the Psukim in the Torah, it says, Hakanov, you got to work on one corner at a time. That's the Kiddush. I would have thought you can't even start with two corner strings and then even if you're going to tie the knots afterwards, I would say it's not okay. No, one corner at a time. Hakanov, the corner. One at a time. That's the Kiddush Shmuel. Okay. That's a challenging question. We're going to keep focusing on this concept of Tassif Lamnasri when it comes to Tzitzis. So, Tala'an, a person hangs his strings on the Beged. And he didn't yet cut the ends of the strings to turn the four into eight. It's not Kosher Tzitzis. Now, what does it mean, Pasuk? So, interesting without spending too much time, this really goes back to the very beginning of our Masechta. Where remember, by a sukkah that was higher than 20 amas, we said puzzle. And the Gemara was bothered why we don't say yema'it like we do by Eruv. Remember that? We don't say yema'it. The word puzzle seems to imply like it's a done deal. It's over. That same svara, we're going to schlep over here, and says the Gemara, by tzitzis, when we say puzzle, instead of saying snippet and make it kosher, my love, sulun loylam, it seems to imply you can't snip it. It's puzzle forever. You got to completely restart. And this is an upslug on Rav who says, who's an Amaira, and says that all you got to do is give it a snip. Over here you see mamish puzzle. Rav is going to say, no. You know what puzzle means? My psulim, psulim machei puzzle, like a sukkah. Puzzle, lower your schach, it's kosher. What does it mean that it's puzzle by the tzitzis? Until you cut them. So, but it doesn't mean indefinite. It doesn't mean like forever. Okay, there are those who say a different way to uh, learn these opinions. This happened with me. Okay, this happened with me. First, I hung out the, the strings on the beggar, and then I wanted to cut them. Okay, so Rav is the one who's going to say, give it a snip. Shmuel is going to be machmir and say it's possible. And even if you snip it afterwards, it's still an issue of tasev leimina. Also, just one simple cut ain't going to do it. Now, Lefizeh, according to this, this stems, this works very well with Rabbi Yasef's opinion going back to Amar Aleph. That it's Ra, that it's Shmuel who says Sarach That you gotta do cutting something itself is not an action. You gotta mamish do more than this. And therefore you just cut your strings, not enough. You have to undo the whole thing and restart. Mesri, that's a challenging question. If you hung the strings and then you cut it afterwards, it is puzzle. Seems to be like Shmuel and not like Rav. That you need to make your schach originally in a kosher way. So you can't have schach that's previously there. And then you're like, oh yeah, now I want it to be kosher schach. I want my pergola. Da, da. I have some loose slats on top of my pergola. Now, uh, no, you got to do it again. It can't be pre-made. It's got uh, to be done now. The shame schach. From here they learned, If let's say you throw your grapevine, your melons, your greenery, and you put your kosher schach on top of it, 
possible. That's a lack of our Mishnah. Hechidami. What was the case of our Mishnah? Let's explain. If you never cut these things, the issue should not be the issue should be that it's not kosher schach. Okay? Now, we're going to have to get to it. How do you know it needs to be mechubar? Fine. That, that it can't be mechubar. It must be like this. It must be, if the issue over here is not that it's attached to the ground, and the whole issue is tasev l'nasoi, it must be that the grapevine was detached from the ground. In our Mishnah, the original grapevine he threw over was already detached. It wasn't attached. Ay, why is it possible? You have a detached grapevine. The Ketani Psula. Why? Shmami no, you see from here. It must be Kitsosan is not Asiosan, it's Afshak and Rav, beautiful Lamar Lachar Rav. Rav's going to say, Hachamay Eskinon, this Shalfinu Shalufei. Here's what happened. You, um, you uh, took these vines off of the tree. Okay? Where basically what happened was it was detached, but it's not noticeably detached. Not noticeably detached, and it needs to be noticeable. All right, it needs to be noticeable. Uh, this way, people don't come to, you know, assume that you're doing it wrong and you did it as tasev leimin osur. Says the Gemara, okay, fine, but mikol makoim talon rachach posa kasha derav. Either way, we've got a question from Tzitzis because he says that if you hang the strings and then cut them afterwards, the Brisa says, and Rav's an early Amira, the Brisa says it's going to be puzzle. Puzzle seems to imply forever. As far as it's kasha, okay. Uh, it's not a tiyofta. Rav gave his answer that puzzle doesn't mean really puzzle. It means until you cut it. Fine. He wiggled out. We don't like that answer, but we're going to keep it as a kasha. But he, he has enough of a wiggle out that it's not a tiyofta. Bottom line is, Rav's sticking to his guns. Shmuel is sticking to his guns. And what is their machlaikas? The machlaikas is the fi Shmuel. A simple cutting does not change the tasev leimin ha'asui. You're still going to have a problem. According to Rob, it does. A simple cutting makes it no longer osoy. It makes it that it's not pre-made. And it's going to be kosher tzitzis. It's going to be kosher schach. Okay. This machlaikas Rab and Shmuel says the Gemara, Lema Kitanoi. Where are Rab and Shmuel's opinions coming from? Perhaps it's the same machlaikas as an earlier machlaikas amongst Tanoim. Where do we find the Machlekes Tanoim about a cut removing the Asoi issue? Avar Velikton Pasuk. All right. Here's what happens. We're now going to get a little bit of a, a, little bit of a head start on the Hilchas Dalid Mina. Right? Hilchas Dalid Mina. Very gishma. The halacha is that the hadasim that one have that, that one has can't have too many berries on them. Okay? Now, we know that hadasim need to have three leaves going up the spine for a certain amount of, of uh, shiurim. And one, the, the Mishnah later on is going to teach us that myrtle branches, hadasim, very often grow very small berries. And those berries actually usually will not get in the way of the kashras, of the hadas. If you notice a berry on your hadas, you're going to be okay. But you can't have too many. You can't have too many berries on there, where it's like ripe. Okay? 
So, can I take the berries off? Can now make my hadas kosher, or we'll call it kosher again. Can I just take off the berries? So, you really could, but you're not allowed to do that on Yom Tov. All right? So that's where the background of this statement of this uh, of this Bryce. Here we go. You weren't allowed to pluck off the berries on Yom Tif. Of our Velikton, let's say you didn't. A guy wakes up Sukkot morning and he sees so many berries on his hadas and he's so embarrassed and he comes to shul. The only guy, he's not shaking his lulav, what's going to be? I can't handle the embarrassment. He plucks off the berries. Is it kosher? Is it kosher now? You weren't allowed to do it, but you did. Alvar Velikton Posel. The Hadas is still possible. Divi Rav Shimon ben Bar Yitzav. This is the opinion of Rav Shimon Bar Yitzav. The Chom Machshirim. The Chom say it's okay. You weren't allowed to do it, but now that you did it, it's a kosher Hadas. Savrua. We thought in the yeshiva. The yeshiva guys thought. The Kuliyama lulav tzarech eged. That everybody holds that the mitzvah of lulav must be eged, it must be bound, it must be tied together with the other minim, okay? Obviously the other minim is, it's tied with the hadasim and aravis, and it's brought together, it's held as well uh, together with the uh, esrug, even though the esrug is not is not a mamish uh, bound to it. The alfino lulav mi sukkah, and we're going to learn about the lulav from hilchas sukkah. Dechsiv gabi sukkah tasevav and also by sukkah we know it says tasevalai minha asoy. So too by the lulav we're going to say tasevalai minha asoy. What does tasevalai minha have to do with the lulav? Because since the lulav means to be tied with adasman and aravis, and when I had adasman and aravis tied with the lulav and an eged, the hadasim weren't hadasim because there was too many berries. They were puzzled. Now that I removed the berries, it didn't help because. It's tasev and also you're gonna to have to rebundle everything. Now, my love, let's assume that the machlekes about whether when you pluck off the berries, whether it's kosher or bustle, is gonna be the machlekes rabbin shmuel. How so? He says, yeah, he says that by that one a simple cutting is enough. Now, if a simple cutting is enough for schach. A simple plucking of berries should be enough for your hadas. And it's not an issue of Ah, your hadasim are already together with the Lord. I did a new now. I plucked. I cut. I cut the berries off. Same as my same as the sukkah. It should be okay. By sukkah. Lachora is the same machlokas as the, when you take the berries off the hadas, whether you have a tasev lemon asoy problem or not, or whether the plucking made it no longer asoy, the cutting off is the same machlokas by there, by lulav and the hadas should be the machlokas of suk. That's the Gemara's attempt. Yeah, following? Good, right? Again, by the sukkah, what's the maiza? Cutting. We cut the grapevine. According to Rav, that was a Misa. According to Shmuel, it's not a Misa. So too in this Machlekes over here. Between the between the Chachamim and Rav Shem Ben Yitzhak. Rav Shem Ben Yitzhak says, cutting off the berries 
even when it's already bound to the lulav, is going to be okay. Why? Tasavim no, it's not. Because I did a mice I cut off the berries. So it's not considered asoy. And the Chama going to say, you can't do that, because it still remains a problem with Tasavim no, So that's, that's the, 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 you know, that's the view currently on how the two machleksons should go hand in hand. On that, the Gemara responds, no. Why? Maybe all Tanoim don't hold by Sukkah. Maybe they agree with Shmuel that a simple cutting is not enough. And here, maybe they argue about whether Hilchus Lulav is learned that from Sukkah at all. Okay? is whether it's Kedai, whether we, not Kedai, whether we do go ahead and learn out all of Hilchus Lulav from Sukkah. If Hilchus Lulav is learned out from Sukkah, so then we'll say the same way by Sukkah, it's not okay to just cut. So too by the Hadassim, it's not okay to just pluck the berries. But we'll say no. The halachas of the Daladaminim is separate from the halachas of Sukkah, and by Sukkah, cutting is not enough, but the berries will be enough. Fiba Yesema, another way to explain the Machoikes between Rishim and Ben Yitzhak and the Chachamim by the Hadassim is as follows. Isfir Allah, the Lulav Tzarech Eged. Even if you're going to say that Lulav needs uh, Eged, needs to be together with Hadassim and Aravas, Kuli Amalei Fligid Yafin Lulav Misukkah, and nobody would argue about whether you learn out Hukas Lulav from Sukkah. By the Hadas is as follows. One holds that a Lulav Tzarech Eged, it needs to be Mamish bound together. Okay? And therefore, if it's if the Lulav is tied together with the Das Menaravis, even if I pluck off the berries, I'm going to have a problem. Because Lulav Tzarech Eged, so I follow the time that they're actually tied together. And since at the time that they were tied together, there were too many berries, it's not going to be kosher. How do you know that there's a whole discussion whether the lulav mamish needs to be tied with the das menaravis? Because the Bryce says, the lulav, whether it's tied together or not, is kosher. No, mamish needs to be tied. My time with Yehuda. Why do you mean to say Mamish needs to be tied together? Yalof Lakicha Lakicha Agudas Ezai. He learns out Lakicha Lakicha from Agudas Ezai. From, ready for this? Agudas Ezai, the bundle of hyssop that we took and dipped the blood into by Shibud Mitzrayim, the night of Makas Bechiris, to take the blood and wipe, wipe on our doorposts. Ksiv Hasam. It says by the, the Pesach night of Yetzias Mitzrayim, Lakachta Magudas Ezai. You should take for yourself a bundle of hyssop, and it has to be tied together. You should take for yourself, just like by Pesach. What does taking mean? Take it as a bundle. So over here, the lulav of Mamish needs to be bundled. There's no such And therefore, granted, in Mitzrayim, it needs to be bundled, but over here, it doesn't need to be bundled at all. Now, if it doesn't need to be bundled, let's follow the thought process. If the lulav adasman ravas don't need to be bundled anyway, so now when I pluck the berries off of the hadas, is there an issue of tasel and asoy? No, tasel what? It was by the, when you bundled it, it had too many. Berries. Who cares? The bundling is is nothing. There's no value to the bundling. It's unnecessary. So now when I remove the berries, what am I left with? A kosher hadas, shalom al yisrael, beauty, everything should be okay. All right. Period. Who is the following? Brisa, 
going like lulav mitzvah la'agdai. The mitzvah of, of by a lulav, there's a mitzvah to be aged to tie it with the other minim. The imlay agdai kosher. There's a mitzvah. Means what does a mitzvah mean? That's how you're supposed to do it. But let's say you didn't do it that way. Okay, it's still going to be kosher. Whose opinion is that? Until now, we saw an opinion either don't need to tie it or you do need to tie it. Now we're saying kind of a middle ground. You're supposed to, but if you didn't, it's okay. Who's that? E. Reb Yehuda, if it's following their opinion of Reb Yehuda, who says, Tzarech Eged, it needs to be tied. So if you don't tie it, why is it okay? He said, Tzarech, Yimamish Nidu. And E. Rabbanon, and according to Rabbanon, say you don't need to tie it. So according to them, I'm my mitzvah. So what's the my love tying it? Well, what do you gain? Says the Gemara, La'ilam Rabbanhi was following the Rabban who say you don't need a tie. I so why is that? Why is it saying it's a good thing to do? Mishum Shnemar Zekeli Vanveyu Hisneu Levan of the Mitzvahs for beautification. That's why when a Yid does a mitzvah, we do it first class, right? Where do we learn that from? The Yamsuf. Hakadosh Baruch Hu brought us to the Yamsuf. We were stuck. Hakadosh Baruch Hu didn't just split the water. And just split the water. That would have been enough, right? We say that, Dayenu, yeah? Would have been enough. What did HaKadosh Baruch Hu do? First class. The ground becomes marble. Fruit starts growing from the walls. Everything, mwah, beauty, right? Delicious, unbelievable. <laughs> so unnecessary, beyond what was necessary for us when we're stuck at the Yamsu. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes care of us, his children, in first class fashion. What do we say? Shira. This is my Kaddish Baruch Hu, the same Kaddish Baruch Hu takes care of Klai Yisrael in a first class fashion. When a Yid does a mitzvah, we do it right. That's how a Yid does it. And therefore, if there's beautification towards tying to the Lulav Adas and Aravis together, Zakhtar Abanan is no Chiyuv to do it, because of Zakhtar Abanan, it is the appropriate way to go about performing this mitzvah. Okay, we'll hold it here for today. We're about uh, seven, eight lines from the bottom of Yiralav Amabez. Bez Hashem, we will pick up. From here tomorrow evening at 7 p.m. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening.